Welcome to the Grown Folks Table. We both know that we're grown. Real experiences, real conversations. Like a real woman would. Okay. Hey everybody, this is Alicia, and I'm here with my girls today, Vicki B. Turner, Delois Grizzle, and Libya Baycar, as we dive into how much do you really owe your family? Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Wow. And and as I said the topic, everybody eyes around the table kind of like <laughs> popped open. <laughs> so how much do you owe your family live? Oh boy. Um I have a saying that says and and this is and let me preface this by saying uh it 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 is based upon your relationship with uh your parents or whatever family you're going to talk about. I'm going to say for me, I've always said that I will always owe my mother, mm-hmm. that I'm indebted to her for life. And I have been that child who has been the stronger support uh, for my mother's household. I paid off my mother's mortgage. I turned my K-Wall for four months. I wasn't able to get my hair done for a year. Uh, sacrifice my travel, mm-hmm. which I love, mm-hmm. because I wanted my mother's mortgage to be paid off and her not have to worry about that. After she had gotten sick, the reality came in that there was this mortgage mm-hmm. um, to whom my mother did a lot to, to make sure we had somewhere. So I, I always said that I'm indebted to her uh, forever. So in that regard, for me, I, I, I will always owe her and I would always be the child that would make the extra sacrifices to ensure that my mother wants for absolutely nothing. Um, I tried to get my mother a new car while I got a car and uh, she was like, no, I don't want I don't want you to worry about another car note. And I said, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. We're going to put your car in the shop and let them tell me everything that's wrong with it and fix that. So for me. It's, it's about the relationship. Now, would I do that for everybody? Absolutely, totally, 127,000% no. <laughs> <laughs> but, but in that regard, with, with my mother, I would say, but it's a weighty thing. Let, let me, and Vicki, I, I, mm-hmm. I know you can weigh in real well mm-hmm. with this. It's a weighty thing. Yes. It's not anything uh, that I would say, it's humbling, but it's weighty. It's challenging, and, and it's, it is something that you have to, within yourself, decide how much stretch you're going to do with it and how much you're going to, to scale it back in because you can give uh, so much more of yourself that there's nothing left for you. Mm-hmm. So you have to be very careful mm-hmm. in that space. As you was talking, you know what what went across my mind was, do y'all remember the movie Waiting to Exhale? Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's a scene where Whitney is talking to her mama on the phone. Mm-hmm. And so um, mama needed pantyhose. Mm-hmm. Do y'all remember that? Mm-hmm. And sh- she began to cry. She was like, mama, why you didn't tell me you needed pantyhose? You know, mm-hmm. if it's anything that you ever need, you need to let me know. And she felt like her lifestyle had gotten so busy that she that her mom couldn't approach her with a need, you know. And so my mindset is thinking about that concept of mm-hmm. being approachable to family with different um, needs. You know, I um, my mom is deceased, and she lived to be eighty nine. And uh, I had both my parents, and I I, I honored them and loved them all the days of their life, but they never, um, I never felt a sense of obligation. I I didn't. 
what what I think my parents obligated me to do was to live a good life, to be productive, to work. That was so important to my parents to for me to go to college because they lived vicariously through me. And so I did all that. I married, I had children, and they just wanted me to be the best, and they never sat me down and had these deep conversations ever. But they wanted me to be, to live my best life because that honored them more than any money I could ever give them. And so I never felt that sense of obligation that I had to do this, this, this. They didn't. Now, I do have a lot of hanger-ons with other relatives. I do. And... Uh, I kept them at a safe distance and, sti <laughs> and still do. <laughs> I can't. I got a tender heart and uh, um, for people, period. I've always had a very soft heart. And so I like uh, being sometimes that savior, saving people, mm -hmm. helping them. And sometimes in that process, you're crippling them. Yes. And sometimes the best thing you can do for some individuals is to say no. And I'll tell you this. I had a brother, and God bless him. He's, he's, uh, on, he's in the kingdom, hopefully. <laughs> you know what? I am not messing with How you I, got I think he's with the Lord. I think he is. <laughs> but my brother... <laughs> He lived here, and uh, he just would stay in trouble and, and in and out of jail. And so I would get these long-distance calls. I'd get these calls from the jail with these aliases, and I didn't know that was my brother. You know, like, this is James Jones. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I had to put the hammer down on my brother. I said, look, you need to get a life. And so he would come after he get out and say, Vic, that was me. I'd use different names. <laughs> so anyway, you have to put a safe distance. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my brother, I think we all are the sum total of our choices. Yeah. I just make a choice to go to a job. <laughs> my husband make a choice to work a job. My brother just made a choice to be in the streets and to be a hustler. So he was the kind that would hustle the t Falcons tickets. He would have did that. <laughs> and, you know, I got some tickets uh, for you. And so you just got to find a healthy distance between. It's not that you want to turn them away and not be there. But I think sometimes we cripple people and, you, and they use us. I have to agree with Vicki. Uh, and I think in everybody's family, when you have large families, there's always going to be that one. Mm -hmm. And I would tell you, back I think 2010 that's when we lost our mother mm -hmm. and and my mother was a type of person she crippled our baby brother mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know he lived with her forever he mm -hmm. in and out or live with a woman or not mm -hmm. but I think she crippled him mm -hmm. actually and mm -hmm. we used to always talk about that because we would say She's not going to always be here. You know, you need to go out and try to find your own place and get your own place and all these things. And I would tell you that we're talking about weighing heavily on you when my mother passed. And I felt I had that responsibility that I got to make sure that my mom is going to just know that I'm going to make sure he's taken care of and he is well. To today, I still have that worry. You know, he doesn't live with me. He actually moved in with my oldest sister mm -hmm. but then he's there for a while then you know uh mm -hmm. it doesn't work out then he's gone or whatever mm -hmm. you know i don't really know but it that bothers me because i know my mother would want us to make mm -hmm. sure that we take care of him that he's okay but he's grown mm -hmm. and the same piece of me says he's grown mm -hmm. and um 
So I'm weighed with that mm-hmm. because my husband and I both, we from large families. Mm-hmm. And so we have always been those people that always trying to make sure we got the house everybody can come to, mm-hmm. the yard, the dog, cat, mm-hmm. all those mm-hmm. wonderful mm-hmm. things. We actually built this big house for our parents to mm-hmm. come live mm-hmm. with us. Mm-hmm. So once the house was built, that's when their health failed. Yeah. So mm-hmm. now we have this 10,000 square feet home. Mm-hmm. You know, our parents now are, you know, passing away, mm-hmm. which what happened, I think his mother passed first, then my mom. My mom did get to see what her room would be. Because mm-hmm. she, she said, you always say you're going to buy my house. I say, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> you have the whole lower level. <laughs> but that was my way of giving, you know, for her. But she did get to see it. But... Um, I did feel that, that mm-hmm. heaviness, mm-hmm. and still today, I, I'm still bothered mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. My family, we're mostly proud people, mm-hmm. and we, my sisters and brothers don't bother each other for anything, mm-hmm. you know. If mm-hmm. I have a sister, and I really kind of hate, she didn't bother us, because she didn't bother us, it caused her health to go bad, yes. you know, mm-hmm. because she needed medication and things like that, mm-hmm. but she wouldn't call anybody, mm-hmm. and I think that becomes that proudness that mm-hmm. has been in our family blood forever Mm -hmm. but it was not a good thing because she could have called and said hey i need your help Mm -hmm. and we would have been there for her we'll be we're there for any and everybody Mm -hmm. but yeah that that youngest one that Mm -hmm. that's that's my worry Mm -hmm. and it will probably continue to be my worry Mm -hmm. but he can't live with me (laughs) we talked earlier (laughs) i i just can't help people live You know, I love you from a distance. I give yeah. you whatever, but you yeah, can't. You, got dollars. you can't live with I me. Some, I think you know. I think what happens is this is Libya. I think we take the village concept too far. Mm. I think naturally as persons who are birthed out of the village concept that we want to make sure that we are uh, making sure people are nurtured and make sure people are okay and you know make sure they're well and we're there for them but I think at the same time we do get to the place where we don't know how to say no to certain people mm-hmm. and people like that become leeches and yes. they pull yes. there are people who are by nature users yes givers and takers. givers and take in Mm -hmm. every Mm -hmm. dynamic Mm -hmm. of their life Mm -hmm. they are takers Mm -hmm. they are not persons who will be willing to give they just take and they go from person to person leeching Mm -hmm. and you have to know when to cut those persons Mm -hmm. off Mm -hmm. and and cutting them off it it really is for the benefit of them Mm -hmm. because you you're going to force them to get out there and find out what it's like to have to keep giving everything to somebody yeah. and, and and not just be, well, I just go over here and get $100 from Libya mm-hmm. or will I go, I, I don't have a place to stay, so I'm going to come stay with you for a month, but not look up, you still here a whole year later. Mm-hmm. You got to find somewhere to go. You can't, you know, so you have to, you have to learn. Those boundaries are important. Yes. I, I One of the things I, I would like for the, the family uh, mechanism to do is to, to strategize about different goals. You know, um, one thing that we look at other cultures, they will live together for a certain amount of time until, okay, this one gets on their feet, mm-hmm. or uh, or they may have goals in mind, like we wanna own a business, or we wanna own a home, mm-hmm. but they come together and they're able to live together under one roof mm-hmm. until they kinda help reach um, each other's goals or, or savings or things like that. And I think that takes a different kind of strategy to, to kinda do that because it's birthed in them um, being economically sound. Mm-hmm. And so in the African-American culture, because all of us are African-American, mm-hmm. um, we haven't really taken on, the, on that kind of concept of 
of pushing each other out, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, you go out and survive over there, you go out and survive over there. Mm-hmm. And if when mm-hmm. you don't make it, then you kind of come. Now I have those some of those relatives you talked about as well. That is like, okay, no, uh, we you you're not you're not choosing a certain route in life. And so then I am the you using it me as I'm the backup plan for mm-hmm. when your life don't mm-hmm. go right mm-hmm. or when your money not right and it's not mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, instead of coming together to say, okay, this is what my goal is can you help me you know re- reach my goal whether it's you going back to school and you want to come live with me mm-hmm, for a year mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm, and, and and then you're trying to trying save to up right seven. right it, it because the, I, I think that support for the family is really mm-hmm, needed mm-hmm. especially if we're able to help one another in that if that's a particular goal mm-hmm. or you went through something you know family-wise and you know, your husband got divorced and financially wasn't prepared and you want to come and stay with me for you know mm-hmm. we sit down we talk okay six months help you find a job now you're on your feet then boom mm-hmm. because that's what a plan but this sporadic stuff you know the lifestyle of okay no i have put you in you're my savings okay Vicky mm-hmm. is my savings you oh if i need a place to stay when i didn't pay my mortgage that's where i'm going to stay with the lowest mm-hmm. and then uh live when i need uh cash i need you to cash at me twenty dollars you know that's a different kind of concept mm-hmm. You make a good point, too, in terms of that uh, families being able to come together for the economic kind of reasons. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and that is something that we do lack. And I will tell you that I think about that a lot, especially my mother lives in the Grant Park community uh, in, in around that area. And that's an area that is going, that's, uh, going through a, a heavy gentrification. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. And I am seeing, we, we went over there since 1989. And I am seeing a lot of the elderly community uh, being pushed out because mm-hmm. they can't afford the taxes. Mm-hmm. The house is paid off, but they cannot afford the taxes. There is nobody that can come together as this family unit you're talking about to be able to say, here is the $100, here's the 20, mm-hmm. 20 or whatever for the taxes. Uh, imagine what that would look like if you had that. We have had to take on... Um, uh, one of the elderly people that lived right across from my mother, I call her my grandmother, she had no family, mm-hmm. nobody, not one person. She had absolutely nobody. She was a domestic servant. She worked uh, in the laundry room of a hotel. And so when the, when the gentrification started happening, she just couldn't afford the taxes. So she uh, took a second mortgage out on, on the home, mm-hmm. which she could not afford that. Mm-hmm. She was retired and still trying to work and, and as this domestic servant, and her back gave out. She could no longer do it. So we end up having, because there was no way that we can, as a unit, take care of this house and that house, because we got to come together as five or six siblings to pay taxes. That's, that's, a, that's a mortgage. Mm-hmm. But with a house that's paid off, mm-hmm. to, to stay mm-hmm. in that area. Mm-hmm. And we get calls every day to sell the house mm-hmm. right the same house that laid out the table right across the street they built a $450,000 home and so that lady couldn't stay in her house that she worked all her life for she's we had to put her in the senior senior citizen living you know what Libby one of the things and I think Elisha made a, a good point and I think you've made it a couple of times uh, on several shows about um, cultures, mm-hmm. different cultures, they, they come together 
and they work together for the common good, for yes. goals and progression, mm -hmm. for economic viability. But think about us, our, mm -hmm. our people. Mm -hmm. from, 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 from the early uh, beginnings, we were fragmented and we were separated and we were pushed out and our men were sent here and our mamas were there and the children. So we've been separated from the be very beginning and now here we are trying to come back with a sense of coming together and it's and it's hard because we as a people oftentimes say I got mine mm -hmm. now you go get yours yeah. and we don't come together like that other cultures we don't because something is inherent in there that we have been conditioned, conditioned to make it on your own mm -hmm. I did it you can do Be it strong. yes do when when together. really collectively we can do so much together. more yes if we come together, put our goals down and see how we can help you accomplish your goals. How can you? It, it's something so powerful. I, I heard this recently and I'm really impressed. And uh, I think we can mention by name, but new birth. Mm -hmm. They've got a new pastor and I'm impressed with this. But you know what he asked the, the membership to do? Not to give up chips, not to give up uh, uh, pork or meat. He said, give up shopping with the majority and only patronize black-owned businesses for 40 days. I said, that's a good challenge, mm -hmm. that we come back and, and center in on our community and give back to our community. It, it may not, I don't know who, you know, it's kind of like Lynch, you know, when you gave up chips and then you made a mistake and you started eating them again, you fell off the wagon. So some may have fallen off the wagon <laughs> and went back to the majority, excuse me. But I think it's a goal to center us, to say we must, we're going to have to empower ourselves, mm -hmm. and I think we can. Ladies, we've, we've done good about talking about how we are able to help or, or not help or rescue, um, mm -hmm. you know, our own personal families. But what about the families that we've um, uh, accumulated by marriage, mm -hmm. about the in-laws and, and the brother-in-laws and the sister-in-laws and the nieces and nephews, right? What does that, you know, kind of look like, you know, for you? And, and so I, I can say for me, mm -hmm. you know, um, being that uh, my brother, my husband has uh, two siblings, and so um, one of his his um, siblings have six kids, and so out of the six kids, um, one of the daughters, you know, for what lack of better word, she's my favorite. Mm -hmm. So I took her in for you know a couple of years, and you know try to help mm -hmm. her get through school and things like that. And I thought that was a generous. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, service, you know, you know, for family type thing. And so what does that look like, you know, for you guys? Have you done any of that or, you know, shied away from um, helping uh, in-laws? I, I am. And mine will be real quick, Dolores, because my <laughs> husband, I married a, an only child. Thank okay. you, Lord. <laughs> I did. I did. And uh, I, I, my husband is a really a kind person. A lot of people love him. And when I first met him, they met him and they said, oh, Rob's so nice. Rob's so nice. Does he have a brother? I said, only one came out and I got him. You can, I'm sorry. Mm, right. But um, and so we never had that. We never we never had that as an issue. I am one of four, uh, five. And um, I think my mom 
Uh, my parents raised us with a sense of independence to make it on your own. And I have a brother, just like you described, Dolores, that uh, would live with my mom for a long time. And my, my mom's just like mothers, sometimes we hold on tightly. Um, she probably crippled him in some ways, but um, he's living independently. And so I've not had a lot of that. Um, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I didn't have to say no because nobody came like that. And so my in-laws, uh, we moved here for my in-laws. My father-in-law had passed, and we came here as the middle point between both families. And within 16, 18 months of our coming here, my mother-in-law died suddenly. And so um, we just decided to stay here. But um, if she had needed to come and live with us, um, you never know what you do until you have to do it. But I can tell you this, I honored my mother-in-law because I always felt like she raised a wonderful man for me. And so she could have, if I had to build a, it might have had to be a 10,000 square foot home because a little one, it would have been difficult to coexist in a 2,000 square foot home, <laughs> Dolores. So maybe I could, I, maybe I could give, give her, you know, some space. My mother-in-law was something. She was a sweetheart, but she worshiped the ground my husband walked on. Worship. Oh, yeah. So I knew she loved me as much as she could anybody <laughs> because Bobby <laughs> was the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> if she looked outside and it was, and Bobby said, Mother, it's raining, and it could be sunny. She said, Bobby said, it's raining. <laughs> so whatever Bobby said was the gospel. <laughs> And that's how I lived, but we lived in different states. Right. She was in Florida. <laughs> and so whatever she said, Bobby said, it was the gospel, and we worked with it all the days of her life. <laughs> well, you know, my, my mother-in-law lives with me. Oh, bless the Lord. Yes, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And all that and is all within me. And all that. Blessings. is within me. I knew you were a saint. I, I did. <laughs> you see my wings over here? I knew you were a saint. But let me say this. You got this. a special crown in glory. But, but, but let me say this, you know, um, <laughs> to everything there is a season, you know, and so I, this is certainly definitely a, a season, but she's been such a blessing, you know, to my husband and my children and myself, mm. you know, taking care of my kids. I don't know anything about daycare. Mm. I don't mm. know anything about daycare because mm. my mm. mother-in-law mm. took care of my children. Mm. My children are nine and 11, wow. you know, so it's a, a, such a blessing to me that I would return to be a, you know, a blessing to her. Mm. And so what, for what we do for ministry and, you know, travel and things, things like that, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't have done half of the things that we've done, you know, with, without yes. her support, you know, and so, um, but like you said, you, it's, it's weighted, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's definitely a weighted type of uh, relationship, and everybody can't do that, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and nobody else mm -hmm. can come stay yes. with me, it's, it's none of that, no spending night, any of that, <laughs> but, you know, um, for mother, for her, for her, and, and that's my husband's mama, mm -hmm. you know, she could. She can have anything that she, that um, in reason that she wanted mm. from me, you know, mm. and she's a, a sweet lady. Mm. Now, the rest of them can't fold. <laughs> Ooh. God bless you real good. <laughs> Be clear. <laughs> 
bit about you, Dolores. I, 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 I get where you're coming from because your mother-in-law is probably around my age. And I adore my grandchildren. And, and I spend at least five hours with them every day because I have to meet the school bus. Then mm-hmm. I have to go to the junior high to pick up the other one. Mm-hmm. So it's about five hours of my day that I have to give up, which put me behind on the work that I do. Yes. But I do that because... I want my daughter to be great. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I want the children to be great. Mm -hmm. So everything is, and greatness has got to be a sacrifice. Yes. And so I think they appreciate Mm -hmm. my husband and I doing this Mm -hmm. for them. And uh, I really hope they find some other plans for next year, though. (laughs) But but I truly, I truly understand that piece. And as we talk about in-laws, I've been my husband a long time, so I basically grew up with my sister-in-laws and his brother passed on now. But I feel like we kind of grew up together because I've been in that family since I was 20, something like that. He's so, and the mother, so I knew them all. But um, for us, back then, I would say, I just couldn't stand to see every time I was looking at a checkbook, he was written a check to somebody. It just bothered me. <laughs> but, you know, but as we grew up and everything, I th- everybody had great professions, you know, so they don't have to rely on him now mm-hmm. for anything. Mm-hmm. But we do have some nephews. Mm-hmm. You know, we do have those people and nieces. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had somebody we had to get out of jail. You know, we do those things. We put the, we'll put the house up, make a bond, you know. But he's kind, as you say, your husband. Mm-hmm. He's very, very kind. Mm-hmm. He's he's very giving. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, and I know in our families, I know my family, they they don't know him like that. They don't know the giving, how giving he is. A lot of people they mistake his confidence. Mm-hmm. They think he's arrogant and that type. But he's the most kindest mm-hmm. person to give you anything, mm-hmm. shut off your back. Some of those people I say, well, you just don't even. They don't even know what you did for Boo Boo over here and Bobo mm-hmm. and Bob mm-hmm. behind the scenes because right. you don't have to tell everybody yeah. everything that yeah. you're doing. Yeah. So he is that kind of person. We are those people. You know, we we in the trenches to help family uh we don't want anybody to fail or anybody to spend overnight <laughs> yeah but when i because my husband was the you know superman for everybody you know but but prior to marrying him he was the bank account for everybody and so when we did get married we had to kind of cut you know, I had to say, you know, when you get married, you cling to your wife, you know. And so those things yeah. that those things you've done before, you, you can't do that anymore, you know. And so that that kind of I had to kind of help him kind of see that, you know, because we got freedom resources up for what your wife need mm-hmm. and what your children need, you know. And so they're going to have to figure out something else to, you know, to make that need kind of happen. And so that took a minute because he was the matriarch of the family mm-hmm. you know and so helping them kind of understand that you know I'm not the enemy mm-hmm. y'all y'all had the best of Tony for X amount of years mm-hmm. now he must cling to his wife mm-hmm. and prepare a future with her and their children and so you know uh, that that did take some um, purging mm-hmm. and, and some and some time mm-hmm. for, for relatives to grasp mm-hmm. uh, that perspective that's even harder from an in-law perspective when it is the mother mm-hmm. um, because I know some people I won't put every <laughs> who I know out uh, but I know some people who had the mother who was the one that uh, did not 
understand the boundaries of marriage mm-hmm. and would constantly want to uh, continue the pulling and the, the leeching as they did before because my son has always been uh, the one that did everything for me and I didn't have to rely on anybody because my son uh, was the source of my strength and supply. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And But that changes when you have to cleave to your wife yes. and, 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 and when you receive a no, then there is that, uh, what is the word? backlash Mm -hmm. from the mother Mm -hmm. in breaking the relationship Mm -hmm. and making the son feel guilty for quote unquote choosing and that becomes a a real live issue in the household because a son or a daughter wants to have that relationship with their mother and want that mother to be fully engaged in the in the relationship with their wife and their children especially if they were close Mm -hmm. but that part can happen and it has happened and it has broken people and it takes a while for the son uh, to have a, the, the Damascus yes. experience yes. to understand mm-hmm. that this person, although loves you, this person also who gave life to you, this person has to understand that you do have a wife and that wife has to be respected, mm-hmm. that you can't call and just decide because you uh, spent your money doing this and now you got to get the light bill paid mm-hmm. that your son has to constantly pull from the house to keep mm-hmm. every month mm-hmm. paying the light bill mm-hmm. because you're irresponsible mm-hmm. you know Libby that's a, it's hard yeah. that's very hard that's very hard when uh, you can't draw those lines and you know you know we've had uh, certain shows I, when you thought about that show um, Waiting to Exhale I thought about that show Loretta Devine was the mother mm-hmm. and um and uh, she didn't like the new daughter-in-law, and she said, I'll shut this thing down. Right. <laughs> I remember that comment. Yes. I'll shut this wedding down. But you have to, the thing is, I think our salvation, I really do for my husband and I, because he was so close to his parents. I mean, they were older parents. They had lost several babies, and so they finally got him. So, I mean, the sun did rise and set in him. Our salvation was that we lived in another state. I believe that because I think my mother-in-law would have been never, she just would have been consuming of that his time and it would have been hard for him. Um, And so, um, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful that it happened that way. So I think that couples who are dealing with that, and I really do honor you for your mother-in-law, what you said about her, because that's beautiful. It's beautiful that you understand that it's needful that you do this and, and it is, it, it's a sacrifice you're making, but you're sending a message to your children as well mm-hmm. uh, that you honor your mother-in-law in such a way. But um, I think co- counseling is essential in marriage. Mm-hmm. That's another session. Yes. But counseling, you cannot do this apart from yourself. You need help with trying to, how to be a husband, how to be a wife, how to draw those lines with my, my family, yeah. how to draw those lines with my mom or my dad. And so um, I think for couples, you don't, don't try to do this alone. You need help and get counseling. It helps you to navigate those waters. Well, that's great talk, Vicki. And thank you so much for joining us. I'm Alicia V. Cash, and you can follow me 
on Elisha Cash on Facebook and Instagram. And Vicki B. Turner on Facebook. Dolores Grizzle, Facebook and Instagram. You can follow me, Libya Baker. You can follow me on Facebook and on Twitter and Instagram at Reverend Libby Speaks. See you next week. <laughs>